0: You wouldn't want your favorite team to play only one side of the ball. So when it comes to insurance, why settle for someone that can handle only your auto policy? Bring your home and auto insurance to Allstate now, and you can save big on both. You deserve someone that can tackle more. That's Allstate's stand. Are you in good hands? Hey, football fans, call Allstate agent David Monroe at 610-359-1244 today. Subject to availability and qualifications, Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois.
1: The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large-screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game. Every college football game. Every Major League Baseball game. Every hockey game. Every game. Live in high def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. This is the Winter Circle Sports Grill halftime show. Ahead, Bob Herpin and Jim Allsman provide analysis, interviews, and recaps from all that is Marple Newtown Tigers football. Now, here's your host, Bob Herpin.
2: Welcome back to Radnor High School in Radnor, Pennsylvania for this Late season contest between the Marple Newtown Tigers and Radnor Red Raiders. Bob Herp and Jim Allsman here for the winner's circle halftime show with the score. Radnor taking a 14-6 lead to the half. And Jim, a quick start by the Radnor Red Raiders. They got the ball first and went right down the field and scored thanks to a little bit of trickery.
1: Yes. Yeah, Bob. Um, there was, uh, I guess, what was it? Now? My head was buried in the computer tonight because I'm engineering for Josh who's doing color commentating and, and uh, we have Greg here who's filling in for you, um, who's who's, uh, calling the game,
2: so my head was very deep. I believe. It looks like it was a a halfback toss uh, to Wilson for a big gain of 42 yards, 43 yards, pardon me, first play, which got Redner back into Marple Newtown territory fairly quickly, and from there, it was only a few plays, seven plays, 65 yards, as we said, Marple Newtown, Jim... Since I'm the, the play-by-play guy for the last couple years, i have unable to be on the road. The one thing I have noticed is that Marble Luton does tend to start off a little bit slowly, but they do end up getting in a rhythm as the game goes on offensively and defensively. And that was the case, even though the Tigers did spot Radner two touchdowns in that first quarter. The other one, a Wilson 25-yard scamper to cap what I think was a backbreaker, a 94-yard drive in 10 plays. Yeah, I mean I mean Bob, what what you're seeing
1: and it's it's kind of not really indicative of this defense over the past couple of years, what you're really seeing is this defense giving up big yardage and not only that, they're giving up really long drives with big yardage. Um, because then it seems like they give up a big play, they adjust. The defensive coordinator Lou Delonzo for the Marpano Tigers definitely knows how to knows how to make adjustments. But I mean I gotta tell you they're not able to, you know, then usually an offense is going to nickel and dime us, but then the Ben don't break mentality doesn't come into play. And they basically break, and, and Radner's offense did that on the first drive. They also did that on the second drive, and to boot, it was 12-0. They get the two-point conversion, which I think is really, really, um, that's really tough because now it's 14-14. We went for two on that the next drive, which I'm sure you're going to talk about.
2: Well, of course, Marple Newtown did not get on track until the second drive of that second quarter. Ryan Duffy capped it with a three-yard touchdown rush with the run failed, making it an eight-point drive. But the one thing that I wanted to mention from the outset is that field position has basically been a wash, except for Radner's 94-yard drive, which they started on their own six. The well, from Newtown has been around the 35 and 40 yard line, but only once in this entire game did they actually take advantage of that. Thanks to uh, Samara Moat, who was able to really get uh, get the carries that we should see him get at home. But this the last two years on the road, he's been the guy, go-to guy, and for every one that he's uh, stopped for minimal gain, there's. Uh, Two or three more that are 10, 15 yards.
1: Right, and we have Moat right now at half with 10 carries for 89 yards. His longest was for 30 yards. Um, Duffy, who had that monster, monster week last week, is right behind him with eight touches for 46 yards. I
2: believe that was a school record 42 attempts last week.
1: Yeah, yeah, for, for, for the amount of time that we've been keeping the extensive statistics that we have, we We understand that um, that has that those forty two attempts are a record. He was just fifteen yards shy of the uh, yardage record of two hundred and
2: fifty in a game. back to tonight's game, Duffy has unofficially forty six yards on eight rushes, and of course, that all-important touchdown, which is key because Mark newtown's offense was in a rhythm for the final one twenty three of this half. And whatever they've decided they've taken pains to figure out in the first half, they will now get to execute with the ball to start the second half.
1: Right. And I to go back to that, that scoring drive, um, one of the things that I noted in the, the statistics um, tonight is that once they scored, they lined up for the extra point. Radner causes a penalty. And interestingly enough, this is one of those situations, Bob, that you see every once in a while at this level, college and pros, where the opposing team that you're playing, gets the penalty but it actually winds up hurting you i think coach junta's mentality after the score is to because they're a little bit closer to the goal line go for two right,
2: let's knock it out and let's knock it out fast with any without any disruptions
1: because we'll just well our next touchdown we'll go for the extra point we're going to be up 14 um or excuse me 15 15 to 14 right
2: right but nonetheless, that penalty takes the whole kind of situation out of its rhythm, out of its lockstep, and gives Radnor's special teams time to formulate its plan. And ultimately, it was successful as Ryan Duffy came up, I thought, from all the way down here on our perch near the, the 45-yard line. It appeared he got in, but apparently the, the ruling was, he was his knee was down in front of the goal line. Correct.
1: So there we have it. Now, we'll talk about some more statistics after our little break that we take in a couple of minutes, but just to note, we've already noted our running backs, we should take a look at the significant backs that we have here on Radner's side of the ball. Vinny Cornelia has 11 touches, the most for the team, with only 37 yards, 11 being his longest. He's averaging 3.4 yards a touch. What do you think? How do you think he looks?
2: Well, he's not being asked to do uh, too much. He's uh, not the sleek guy like Tim Wilson is. He's the guy who's going to get you three, four yards whenever you need it. Uh, and any time he would get a bigger gain, it would be due to the Radnor offensive line imposing its will on Marple Newtown. Now, as far as Wilson goes, he's the man who's pretty much called on to do anything at any time. Wildcat and big gains down the sideline on fly patterns. And also up the middle trying to get uh, nine, ten yards a pop.
1: Right. We follow that up with Wilson. You said Wilson, five touches, 62 yards, 25 long. He's got the one touchdown. For, he's averaging 12.4 yards of rush. Then Tajay Bryant with two touches for 11 yards. Um, the quarterback. Robert
2: uh, Collins. Uh, Collins uh, directing uh, the play like a maestro at times.
1: Yes, yes. Um, he's not really, He's have, he has negative yardage, but, you know.
2: He does uh, have that one-yard touchdown run. That's correct.
1: And that's really all important. That's all they care about over on that side of the football field. Number 21, Robert McCurdy, he's only one for nine in the rushing attempts. If you look at their overall offense, and we'll talk about the receivers after the break, if you look at their overall offense, the one thing that just stands out against Marple Newtown's offense is this is more balanced by and far. The quarterback has two completions on five attempts for 58 yards, 47 being his longest in that halfback pass. Um... And, I mean, they have total 166 yards with two touchdowns.
2: Redner's offense is not afraid, Jim, to open things up, stretch the field, use the sidelines, use the middle of the field, use Wildcat, use two wide receivers, three wide receivers, four wide receivers. And when you do that, you're going to throw the entire defensive set into chaos. And once you do that, of course, when you, whoever's back under center is able to act with more confidence. And that gives, in turn, the receivers and running backs more confidence to run their routes.
1: Absolutely. So... We still have about, I would say, 11 minutes 30 seconds here at halftime to go. Radner's band is on the field. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a break right now, Bob, and then we'll be back and talk about the second half of this football game and how Marble Newtown is going to pull itself out with a victory and maybe a little playoff talk.
2: All right, Bob Herb and Jim Allsman. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. <laughs>
0: Oh man! The Philly Pretzel Factory has done it again. They took a Philly tradition and made it even better. Now you already know the Philly Pretzel Factory has the best soft pretzel. Well now they're making a cheese steak pretzel. That's right! A Philly cheese steak on the inside surrounded by those piping hot fresh chewy pretzels. This is as Philly as it gets. A cheesesteak and a pretzel? Incredible! How great are those guys over there? They've got their original pretzels, the cinnamon pretzels, the pretzel dogs, and the party trays, and now the Philly Cheese Steak Pretzel. Bring them for tailgating, watching a game with the boys, a barbecue, or even a kid's birthday party. Head over to the Philly Pretzel Factory for the all-new Cheese Steak Pretzel. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. You wouldn't want your favorite team to play only one side of the ball. So when it comes to insurance, why settle for someone that can handle only your auto policy? Bring your home and auto insurance to Allstate now, and you can save big on both. You deserve someone that can tackle more. That's Allstate's stand. Are you in good hands? Hey, football fans, call Allstate agent David Monroe at 610-359-1244 today. Subject to availability and qualifications, Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois.
1: The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand-new wall-to-wall large-screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game, live in high-def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Markel Newtown Tigers on www.markelnewtownfootball.com.
2: Back to the campus sprawling campus on a very chilly night at Radnor High School here in Radnor Pennsylvania Welcome to the Winner's Circle Halftime Show. Bob Herb and Jim Allsman here at the controls with rendering in control of this contest, Jim, by a 14-6 count. Now coming up in the second half, it is a swing drive and the first... Real important series of the contest for the Marple Newtown Tigers, as if, of course, with a playoff spot in the offing. Every series has importance with this one, especially with an eight-point deficit. You must score to regain some of that momentum that you had at the end of this first half when you are unable to score.
1: You know, Bob, um, one of the things that I have noticed about Coach Junta over the years, um, and now the five years that I've been with the program, and kind of getting an understanding of, how Jun- what Coach Junta game plans. One of the things that I think that Coach Junta and his staff have done very well are making halftime adjustments. And what you think you're going to see in the third quarter when they get the ball back is a classic Ray Junta drive to start the third quarter. He will definitely dictate to the coaching staff of Radner and their players how this second half is going to go. He likes long third-quarter opening drives to just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball more, maybe throw once, and pound the ball some more until it's in the end zone.
2: That's exactly the point I was going to make before you you actually uh, brought it up. This entire game, the tempo has been very plotting and methodical. Uh, Not a whole heck of a lot of excitement save for a select few plays, but it has been. Pound the ball into the line, off tackle, around the end. Uh, Rendardi of rushing plays for both sides. Uh, it's been a game where momentum is almost begging to be seized in a certain kind of way. And you're right, uh, Ray Gianta's game plan is one that capitalizes on that, especially coming out of a half.
1: Absolutely. He. Uh you know, one of the things that, if you go back a few games, uh, a game that we we hit a team in the mouth on the road, Garnet Valley. One of the things that we did right away in that third quarter um, was they just they just got they had the ball first in the, in the in the second half, and they went back instead of punching Garnet Valley in the mouth on a quick strike with a, a moat or a white. They um, they so that, did a long, methodical drive. Now, that drive actually ended in no points. They got a quick defensive stop and then punched it in on, on a... On a uh, at that time, it was a Ridinger touchdown when he was in quarterback. Um, so even something like that, because that even takes more time off the clock. of
2: course, right, it's, it's about damage. Not about scores sometimes. It's, it's psychological damage. What you're going to do to make the opposition anticipate... What you're going to do. Absolutely. And if you melt away seconds and minutes off that clock, you're going to do that and also wear down the players on the field.
1: Absolutely. Now, Bob, we do have some statistics here. I think when our friends Greg Pecko and Josh Kippel join us, I'll let them talk about the first half statistics to preview the second half, and they can provide their commentary of the second half. One of the things I do want to mention before we get into some of our other talk about the playoffs and whatnot is the Winter Circle does sponsor this halftime show. We love our friends at the Winter Circle. And that reminds me to tell all of our listeners that the Winter Circle Sports Grill will be the host of this year's 2010. Top Ten Moments show. We've typically done this at a private, secure location. We've taped it and then debuted it at uh, Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving morning. This year, we'll be doing the event live from the Winter Circle in Edgemont. So you can come on out. You can hear us there. Or let's say you want to stay home and listen to us starting at about 7 o'clock. Turn us off. Roll right into Monday Night Football. Maybe you're going to start your holiday early and not go into work that week, and you're going to maybe kick back with some eggnog. Who knows? But we'd love to have you come out. Definitely love to hear you. Um, have you come out. Talk to us. Meet the meet the crew here. The coaching staff's going to be there, players and parents, and that would be a fun time for all. Or maybe you want to stay home. Either way, The broadcast will be available immediately following the broadcast on our website, MarbleNewTownFootball.com, and then you can download the podcast if you'd like via iTunes. Take it away, Robert.
2: Good for you, Jim, uh, to pump that up because it is only now 17 days away. And now we're going to talk about the, a little bit about the playoff implications of tonight's game. As Josh and Greg set it up early on, Blue Town, if it makes the playoffs, will get a low seed and is heading into a matchup with conference foe Strathaven. And Of course, those games tend to be very bitter or very sweet depending on where and when and the circumstances of the contest they will play in Nether Providence Township because Strathaven will have that high seed.
1: Yes, and I'm looking at the Delco scoreboard right now. S- Springfield at Haven. Looks like it's at half, and the ha- Haven is 14 nothing over Springfield. Um, as we scroll down, it uh, looks like that... Uh Stoga and Haverford. Conestoga and Haverford. Now, let me do my quick math. i got to do my Gozindias here. Um, let's see. That looks like 20 points for Haverford. Conestoga has 22, if my vision is correct.
2: Pencrest, and Those, those they actually do line up. Okay. Pencrest at Harrington.
1: Looks like Pencrest has 21 points. Harrington, 28 points. Wow. Good for them. Um, Pencrest is definitely struggling this year. Upper Darby at Ridley. Upper Darby has zero, and Ridley has has seven points. I guess they're doing all they can to handle Amara Kamara, I'm sure. And if we keep going down, let's see. We get to the
2: gold mine. Academy Park at Interborough, and Interborough is the key in this process, over and above what Marple Newtown will do on this field tonight at Radnor.
1: Yes. Uh, Academy Park at Interboro right now, we have a score of 7-6. to six, And a lot of the folks that I've talked about from that area have just said that basically Interboro may have kind of been bitten by a bug of, well, we're just going to pack it in and we want to hit the golf course earlier this year. Um, who knows? But uh, I know they had a very tough overtime loss last year, or excuse me, last week. So, you know, uh, it's tough sometimes to bounce back from that. But sometimes you don't want to play a team that comes off a loss like that that's hungry, Bob.
2: Of course. Uh, Anytime a team loses and still retains that spirit, it it tends to uh, overexert itself to make up for that in the following contest. And, of course, keeping here with Interboro, Marple Newtown wins, Interboro loses. Marple Newtown is in the playoffs at 5-5 with the new expanded PIAA format based on this complex system that the PIAA has for yes. its, uh, its its playoff rankings that, is, that rivals the BCS rankings and its uh, ability to be misunderstood and misconstrued and misadded at certain points.
1: Well, it is confusing, but if you go to uh, district1.net, um, you know, if you Google PIAA District 1, they have all the explanations, They're very thorough, and you get an understanding of how they balance out these teams and come up with the playoff brackets. Now, we only have a little bit of time left, Bob. I'm going to have you take it out in just a couple of minutes here, or a couple of seconds here, I should say. Um, but then we have three minutes coming up, and uh, Greg and Josh will take over for the second half. Any last words you'd like to have before we end this halftime segment?
2: Well, regardless of what occurs in the second half, Jim, and I speak for everybody, I'd like to see a very spirited game all around, a spirited effort from Marple Newtown 1, which I hope they will emerge victorious, because this will be the last regular season broadcast for this crew, and uh, fate to be determined at a later time. That's I mean, right. Of course, we have, we'll have the Winter Circle season wrap-up show, of course, on, on November 22nd, but this will be the last involved Meat and potatoes contest that we will be covering for you for the Tigers Radio Network.
1: That's right. Now, if we are in the playoffs, uh, regardless, we if we're in the playoffs, we'll definitely be broadcasting that game. If we're not in the playoffs, make sure you check the site, MarbleNewtownFootball.com or I of the, I of the Tigers blogcom to see where this radio crew might be broadcasting near you at a other playoff game that does not involve the Tigers. So, uh, for Bob Herpin and Jim Alsman, Bob, take it away.
2: Well, that'll do it for the Winter Circle Halftime Show. Scores 14-6 for Radnor. We'll be back on the other side with Greg Peckel and Josh Kippel from Radnor High School. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network.
1: The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand-new wall-to-wall large-screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game, live in high def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. This is the Tigers Radio Network. Tonight's game from Prevo's Field on the campus of Radnor High School in Radnor, Pennsylvania. Here's Jim Allsman, Josh Kippel, and Greg Pecco.
3: And we welcome you back to Prevost Field here at Radnor High School. I am Greg Peckle along with Josh Kippel. And Marble Newtown facing an eight-point deficit here to start the second half. They find themselves down 14-6. to six. And, Josh, what's your take as we go into the second half here?
4: Well, there haven't been a lot of two big plays uh, other than the one that Radnor ran right off the bat that with their halfback pass or flea flicker that went for some yards down the field to put them in the red zone and set them up for a touchdown. But it's pretty much just been consistent play from both sides of the ball for both teams here on out, and I feel like someone's going to have to grab the momentum to take home a victory today.
3: You know, obviously on the Radnor side of the football in this game, Tim Wilson has been the most dynamic player on the field. He's been that that flash guy that Radnor's used. They used him early in this game on a, on a big pass that set up a touchdown. They used him on a run there at the end. He got a touchdown on that, on that running play in, in the first quarter, and... On the Marble Newtown side of the football, it's been Samaro Moat and Ryan Duffy, who have done a nice job to this point. 18 combined carries for the two of them to this point, Josh.
4: Yeah, and it it looks like they're going to have to keep going to the ground game. They weren't very successful with Billy Weaverling dropping back and making a couple passes, so Samara Moat's been able to break a couple to the outside, and Ryan Duffy's been running hard up the middle. They're going to have to stick with that program to pull out a win tonight.
3: And looking at the statistics, total yards for Marple Newtown, 134. For Radner 166. And Marple Newtown, most of that yardage on the ground, 21 carries, 131 yards. For Radner, 21 carries, 108 yards. And Josh, passing statistics.
4: Yeah, the passing Statistics for Marple Newtown um, one complete for three yards, and Radner has two complete for 58 yards.
3: So Radner obviously using more of that spread offense. Four wide receiver sets. They went five on the one play. Uh, a big sack there in that second quarter for Marple Newtown, which set up a uh, fourth down and 20 and with about a minute and 30 left that helped Marple Newtown kind of flip the advantages. they'll get the ball back here to start the second half as they find themselves down uh, by 8 points, Jeff.
4: Yeah, Chris Krikian is not somebody that we talk about a lot, but he made a huge play right there, and in fact, in some of the past broadcasts, he's been the only one to actually get sacks or tackles for losses for Marple Newtown in the past, so he's definitely having a good game and looks to be explosive to uh, exploit those quarterbacks in the backfield.
3: Well, Marple Newtown and Radner take the field here. Fertal for Radner will set the ball up on the tee to return for Marple Newtown. There's three of them. White and Diaguardi are all back deep at around the 15 and 10 yard line. So Fertal back at his 30. Ball at the 40 as we are about to start the second half here at Radnor High School. Fertal on the kick. It is a high, deep bend over and kick caught at the 10-yard line and bobbled there by White and then picked up, and he takes it to about the 23 before he's gobbled up by a bunch of to- uh, Radnor defenders.
4: Yeah, it looked like Ryan White either lost it in the lights or just wasn't really paying attention, and he was swarmed on. He was actually brought down by number 20, Garrison Jacques.
3: So a lack of concentration for White leads to a muffed kick, but it ends up being uh, not not a negative play for them in terms of a turnover or anything, but Obviously, the field position is now, you know, not in their favor as they're at their own 24-yard line. So Marple Newtown comes out with two running backs in the backfield. Far side receiver is Moat. White and Duffy back there. Weaverling under center. Handoff goes to White. He goes to the outside. It's hitting in the backfield. Picks up about two, three yards before he stood up by the Radner defensive line. Yeah, he was stood up by number 63, Mark Stavrakos in the backfield. So with thir- 11 36 here, just starting the opening seconds of this second half. Marble Newtown down by 8 points. It'll be second down and 7 from their own 30 or excuse me, 27 yard line. And they come out again with Weaverling under center. Oh. And White, Ermote and Duffy in the backfield. White the near side FAM to the far side receiver. Here goes the snap, and the handoff is underneath to Moat, and it looks like he's going to pick up about two or three yards on that play.
4: He was brought down by number 33, Vinny Caniglia, on
3: that play. So ball now spotted at the 30. It'll be third down and four for Marple Newtown here early in this second half, finding themselves down 14-6 to to the Radnor Red Raiders, who have played a good game defensively and offensively to this point. So it looks like we're going to come out two wide receivers near side of the field here. White in the tight end position, Duffy in the backfield, Weaverling under center. Weaverling's going to roll out to the near side of the field, looking to White in the flat. He's covered. Now looking upfield, and Weaverling's going to take it, and he's going to pick up. It looks like enough for a first down for Marple Newtown. So a great job, great decision-making there by Billy Weaverling. Dave
4: Kritika, number twelve and number forty-four Matt Brig were in on the stop, but as you mentioned, they weren't able to stop him before he got the first down.
3: Yeah, he had a man in the flat white early, and it, it shut down real fast. And he had, you know, some someone covered in the middle of the field, so Weaverling just decides to pull it down, smart play, and gets that first down. So we'll come out, fam far side, white near side, Duffy in the backfield with Moat. Here goes the handoff to Moat. He's going to go off tackle. Has a lead blocker. Picks up a couple yards. Now dragging men. Big run by Samaro Moat. About a 15-yard run. As he was dragging three and four guys, keeping those legs moving. Unbelievable
4: play by Moat. I want to say that number three, Tim Wilson, grabbed him at about the 44, 40-yard line and was just holding on for dear life, and Moat was able to drag him all the way to the 50-yard line.
3: Yeah, he got a good initial block, which, you know, sprung him through that hole and able to carry a couple of defenders with him now with 942 here in the third quarter, down eight points. It'll be first down and ten at midfield for Marple Newtown. It'll be Fam and White near side, Duffy and Moat in the backfield, Weaverling under center. And Weaverling fakes the handoff and then gives to Duffy. Duffy runs up the middle, gets five yards before he's brought down. Yeah, he
4: was brought down there by number 21, Robert McCurdy. After about a six yard game.
3: And a nice run as, as they uh, give the Duffy there and fake the end around to White on that play. And Marple Newtown moving the football here early with nine about nine minutes remaining here in the third. And they are down eight points. It'll be second down and four from the Radnor 44-yard line. Two men in the backfield, two wide receivers near side. Weaverling under center. Here's the handoff to Mote. He goes off tackle again, slips one tackle, slips another, and gets the first down across the 40 down and around the 39-yard line.
4: Another great run by Mote. He seems to be breaking tackles left and right. Number four, Tyler Ashley was the man who was actually able to bring him down, but not after he got the first down.
3: And with 8.45 remaining, Mote appears to be nearing around 100 yards in this one, and he is now over that with 112 yards on 13 carries for Samaro Moat. So a big first couple quarters here for Moat and he has been given all the carries to this point for the most part. You got Duffy and White in the backfield. Far side is Moat near side Fam the receiver. Moat goes in motion. Handoff is delayed underneath to Ryan White and he's tackled after about 2-3 yards.
4: Yeah I'm not sure anybody actually brought him down. Number 33 Vinnie Canelia, was there but it looked like Ryan White just tripped over his
3: own lineman. So 8.08 on the clock now, 14-6 lead for Radner. Second down and 8, so it's an official pickup of 2 yards for White after Moat went in motion and he went underneath. So from the Radner, 37-yard line, Marble Newton 10, I'll take it here on second down. And they're going to have Duffy and White in the backfield. Moat in the slot, Fam on the far side of the field at the hash. Here goes the fake handoff. Now Weaverling. Oh, looks like they, m- they messed up the handoff. Weaverling's going to run big, though. He's down. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Billy
4: Weaverling on a broken play for Marple Newtown. Huge play. Huge 37-yard run all the way down the field. Takes it over the goal line for a score to bring Marple Newtown within two points of the Radnor
3: Red Raiders. And that was definitely kind of a a mishap in the backfield there. It looked like the handoff was supposed to go to white, and Weaverling with great awareness finds a hole and breaks it open and scores a big touchdown for Marple Newtown with 7.35 here in the third quarter.
4: By the time Billy Billy Weaverling turned around and saw that White was already gone, he actually pushed White forward and used him as a blocker, and White was able to open up some holes and... Uh, Weaverling took it all the way down, 37 yards for a score.
3: And now down two points here, 14-12. to 12. They're going to come out and go for two again here from that three-yard line. So three running backs in the backfield. Now Marple Newtown shifts. They got three in the, on the near side of the field and receiver. Duffy in the backfield. Out goes Weaverling, rolling out. He's going to tuck it and run. He's got it again. Two-point conversion for Weaverling. 14-14, Marple Newtown ties it up. Wow. <laughs> So a great play call there by Marple Newtown. And with a tie ball game, 735 left here in the third. We will take a short break. You are listening to the Tigers Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by Allstate. Are you in good hands? Call Allstate agent David Monroe today at 610 610- 610 359-1244. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Philly Pretzel Factory. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If they don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only.
3: And Marple Dutown, after tying the game at 14 here, two Billy Weaverling runs. Nicolardi out to kick, and the kick is a low squibber once again. Picked up and covered up at the 34-33 yard line by Radner that time, and it was Joe Yang on on the uh, cover up there for Radner.
4: Yeah, he pretty much had no choice. It looked like sort of a squib, sort of an onside kick, and uh, he made the right move by just falling on it, so Marple Newtown had no chance to pick it up.
3: So two big runs there before the break by Billy Weaverling ties the game up for Marple Newtown here on a classic Ray Junta drive for Marple Newtown. And with 7.33 remaining, Radner will take over at their own 33-yard line. And Marple Newtown looking to come away with another stop. Four wide receiver set in the shotgun. It's Wilson in the Wildcat. Man in motion this time. Snap goes to Wilson. He's going to go far side of the field, off tackle. Gets to the outside. Down at the 40, he is brought down. And a flag down. And it looks like to be in the area of holding, Josh.
4: Yeah, he was eventually brought down by number 10, Tommy Antista, on the play, but it's definitely going to be a penalty against the Radnor Red Raiders.
3: So Radnor hurting themselves there. This ball is going to get backed up 10 yards, and it'll be first down once again as we wait the officials to march this one off. But it is a holding penalty, so Radnor, after a nice Wilson run again out of the Wildcat, hurting themselves here.
2: the 24-yard
3: And it appears they're going to spot this football at the 24-yard line. So it will be first down and 20 for Radner on their own 24. Four wide receivers again. Collins in the shotgun with Cornelia, his running back. Too far side, too near. Canelia back, to, or excuse me, Collins back to pass. A little screen pass to Canelia. He's got men in front of him. He breaks through one hole, breaks through a couple tackles here, and brought down by Mario Diaguardi after about an 18-yard pickup at the 41-yard line.
4: Yeah, the Tigers were all over the quarterback there in the backfield, but Radner ran a nice little screen play, and they were able to give Cornelia some blocks downfield and set him up to take a huge chunk of that 20 yards away now, making it second and three.
3: Kind of a jailbreak screen that time for Radner as, as Marple Newtown's defensive line was able to get in there because they went out there on that screen to block for Cornelia. So it'll be second down and two from the 41, their own 41. I formation, two wide receivers to the far side of the field. Collins under center. He needs the snap the handoff to Cornelia. He goes off guard picks up about 5 to 6 yards and then finally reaches across the 50 and gets another 5 yards. So he is at the 49 yard line.
4: Again brought down by number 33 Mario Diaguardi on that play.
3: So another big run for Cornelia and Radner. They cross midfield. Into Tigers territory. Ball spotted at Marple Newtown's 49 yard line here with 6.09 to play in the third quarter. 14 14 tie ball game. Two receivers far side now. Collins under center with an I formation in the backfield. Collins looks, here's the handoff again to Cornelia he goes off center, gets a couple yards, makes a move breaks a tackle and now a late flag in there after Cornelia picks up 8
4: yeah that flag came in really late I don't understand, looks like it's going to be holding against Radner
3: and another hold against Radner after another big run so they're, they're hurting themselves here as they've been able to gain momentum to start this half Josh,
4: Mario Diaguardi was the one who brought down that last tackler by the way but, yeah, it looks like, again, penalties just keep killing this Radnor team. No complaints here from the Marple Newtown side.
3: So it looks like it'll be first down and 13. Ball moved to the Radnor side of the 50 once again here. Ball spotted at the 48. 5:42 remaining tie ball game at 14. So I formation again. Right, wide receiver far side, one near side. Cornelia in the backfield. Collins under center. And here he goes again. Fakes the handoff. He's going to roll out far side of the field. He's got a man, and he overthrows him. And nearly, you know, overthrown enough where Ryan White could have picked that one up.
4: Yeah, the pass was intended for a number 44, Matt Brig, but there was about two or three Tigers all over him, and there's no way that ball was getting completed.
3: So now, with 5.26 remaining, it is 2nd down and 13 here in the 3rd quarter. And as we mentioned, tie ball game. Radner ball at their own 48-yard line. Marple Newtown here uh, with this long distance after that holding penalty on a nice run by Canelio, so Radner hurt themselves there. So we're going to have 4 wide again with McCurdy and Kurt Cunier's side. Bryant far side with Wilson in the backfield now on the shotgun. Kurtka goes in motion. Here it is a high snap to Wilson. He's going to take it out of the Wildcat. Picks up about six, seven yards down at the Marple Newtown 45 yard line.
4: Just couldn't get past number 54, Pete Finnegan. He made a great heads up play to stop him at about the 45 yard line.
3: So, with 5.09 left on the clock here in the third quarter, it is third down and six. So, another third and And mid-distance here for Radner, trying to get a first down. Wilson appears to be in the ball game again. I don't see Collins in the huddle, so we could be seeing another wildcat. So we're going to see Tyler Ashley far side of the field in the receiver position. You're going to have Wilson and Cornelia in the backfield. McCurdy and Kurtka and Bryant are your receivers Now Kirk in motion. Here's the snap to Wilson again. He's going to go off tackle to the far side. He is being brought down. He's running backwards. He's back in his own 45. Now he's got a big block, and he's going to get down and stopped and run out of bounds at around the 39. This is going to be close. As Wilson was running all over the field, went backwards a a ways, and it all depends on the spot.
4: What an unbelievable series of events. I think he ran that ball back to his own 40-yard line, chased out by number 65 Chris Kirkian and then he turned it all the way to the other side of the field and then it looks like he's pretty close to a first down. And this
3: is going to be close. The officials looking at it and now they're going to give the signal for a first down to wind that clock. With four minutes here remaining ticking under. First down and 10 at the Marble 39 yard line and Radner's moving the football. They ran two wildcat plays but that play there kind of You know, all over the places, Wilson probably ran about 30 yards total after he ran backwards 10. Collins under center. Three men in the backfield, two tight ends. Here goes the handoff. Off tackle goes the runner. And he breaks the tackle and finally shoved out of bounds at the 30. Is number 22 for Radner, Tajay Bryant.
4: It looked like Joey Pham, number three, had stopped him, but he was able to break the tackle, and then number 30, Samara Mope, pushed him out of bounds. Um,
3: Brian certainly has a, a lot more uh, meat on his bones than Joey Pham. Obviously, a corner versus a wide receiver slash running back is a little tough thing to do, but Pham stepped in there. But a first down for Radner here with 3.27 remaining in a tie ball game at the Marple Newtown 29. They go big backfield again. Handoff underneath to Cornelia. He is picked up and stopped and brought down, and he's able to lean forward for about three or four yards.
4: Number 33, Mario Diaguardi there on the stop.
3: So initial contact there, slowing down. Cornelia leans forward and gets to the Marple Newtown 25, about a four-yard gain there. Officially, it's going to be second down and a long five from the Marple Newtown 25. So Radner able to, looking like they're going to answer Marple Newtown's early strike in this third quarter with 2.58 remaining. They're going to go big backfield again. Under center is Collins. Cornelia in the backfield. And now a flag down. And it looks like uh, Marple Newtown defensive lineman jumped. Now we're waiting a signal from the officials.
4: Yep, looks like you're exactly right. Encroachment on Marple Newtown.
3: And they are going to give it encroachment. So it's going to be second down and short now from the Marple Newtown 20. See what kind of package Radner runs here. They went big the last couple times in the backfield and they're going to go and do that one more time with Cornelia and Brian in the backfield Collins under center and the handoff is a fake to Cornelia play action and brought down in the backfield is Collins, a big play there by Marple Newtown
4: unbelievable play again number 65 Chris Kirkin, he read that snap before the ball even moved out of the center's hands and he was able to break through the backfield and bring him down
3: so it is Kirkin once more and now going to force a third down and long so it will be third down and ten officially with about 2.04 to play back at the Marple Newtown 29 yard line so, two sacks now for Chris Kirkin. So, he's been the big man along the defensive front.
4: Two huge sacks.
3: Four wide receivers now. Two far side, two near side. Collins in the backfield with Cornelia. You're going to have Kurtko on this near side. Collins looking, looking far side of the field. It is thrown, it is caught on the far side of the field, and brought down after about a 15 yard, 17 yard pickup. Please, please, please. Yeah, that's, on that one.
4: that's too bad. It looked like Ryan White actually went for the interception instead of trying to just knock the ball down and then doing so allowed the Radnor receiver to catch the ball and get a huge first down. It, it
3: was Robert McCurdy who was there on the reception. You saw White trying to get in there and break up that play late. Four wide receivers again. Kirk Kafar side along with Bryant. On the near side here is McCurdy and Wilson. Collins in the shotgun. High snap, handoff underneath to Cornelia. He picks up about three yards on the play down to the Marple Newtown 10
4: brought down by number 77 Christian Whiteside on that play
3: so with 107 remaining here in the third it is second down and 7 for Radner in a tie ball game with Marple Newtown at 14 and we'll see they come out here 12th play of the drive 57 yard drive to this point. point four wide receivers again Collins in the backfield Second down and seven. In motion is McCurdy. He's handoff, and now a late flag on this one, stopping the play.
4: Yeah, I think Radner got lucky on that because Ryan Duffy was ready to destroy that play in the backfield anyway.
3: Yeah, it, that was an interesting play. Now we'll see. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt Radner. And it's going to be a five-yard penalty. So it looks like it was either illegal formation or false start on the Radner side of the football now. 37 seconds remaining. 14-14. It'll be second down and 12 from the Marple Newtown 15-yard line. Radner threatening here late in the third quarter. And they're going to come out again in a shotgun. Cornelia in the backfield. Three wide receivers near side. It's Kirkka Wilson, and Brian, McCurdy on the far side. Collins, the handoff to Cornelia. He's going to run off tackle. He's getting into the outside now. Picks up three, four yards down across the 10 and finally brought down around the six-yard line of Marple Newtown.
4: Brought down in the be- in the uh, back, behind the play by number three Joey Pham on that one.
3: So that will do it for the third quarter. We will be back for the fourth quarter in just a moment. You are listening to Marple Newtown football on the Tigers radio network.